Hello and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And today we have again our good friend and colleague, Alan Paget, who's Professor of Systematic Theology here at Luther Seminary. So welcome and thanks again for joining us, Alan. Thank you. So Alan and I will be looking to the sides of our screens because we're actually in the same room. True. I think I can... No, never yeah, mind. You, <laughs> anyway, and Katie is in Utah uh, trying to survive the heat. And so we're going to uh, be talking about... A listener question um, that was posted on the website, and again, just to remind our listeners uh, that you can post your own questions there. We uh, don't promise that we'll get to all of them, but we get to as many as we uh, as we can, and sometimes we combine questions that are similar. Uh, and the question that we're going to talk about today uh, is is kind of a multi pronged one. So I'll read it as it was posted on the website, and then we'll. Uh, try to take a stab at it, at least. Uh, so the listener says, God took his power during Noah's Ark to clean the evil from the world. He created everything and must have therefore created the devil and demons. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and always present. Why doesn't God continue to stop terrible events like he did in the Old Testament? If he is all-knowing, why did he let Eve and Adam sin? So uh, a lot of these are kind of aimed at uh, similar uh, kinds of thoughts about evil and God's, uh, you know, why doesn't God stop evil? Uh, the the term, uh, yeah, we, we often talk about theodicy, right? If God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good, uh, you know, why doesn't God stop evil? Uh, so, but... Uh, Alan, uh, how would you even begin to? Oh, thank you. How would you, we're, we're just dumping all of this on your lap and say, "Please solve this for us, Alan." We don't this. know Tell what us. do we do. Actually, the reason we thought about asking Alan to address this, oh, besides the fact that we, okay, besides that. the fact that we uh, always enjoy talking to you, Alan, is that you and I teach a class uh, here at Luther Seminary called God, Evil, and Suffering. And these mm -hmm. questions uh, 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 address a lot of, or, or bring up a lot of the same issues that we talk about in that class. So we thought True. that it would be good uh, to get your perspective. So, Right. So uh, maybe let's talk a little bit about God being all-knowing and all-powerful, omniscient and omnipotent. Okay. So um, the classical Christian view about God knowing is that God knows things in advance without making everything happen. So there's a word for that in theology. We call it theological determinism. This is a view that everything that happens, God causes. Even if he works through other people, things that look free, look random, appear to be free choice, God is still working to make one outcome happen. So that, you know, it's sort of picked out in advance, elected, predestined. Uh, but theological determinism is like a modern umbrella word for all those theories. Well, God can know things in advance. Knowing something's happened is not the same thing as bringing it about. Like hmm. um, right now, this very second, I can see that Dr. Schifferdecker is sitting right there. But I don't make her sit there. I just know it. 
<laughs> so the idea is God knows the future like that too. I mean, free things, random things happen. God knows them, but it doesn't mean God causes everything directly. That is the specific exact cause. I have to talk like that because God's the ultimate cause of everything in the whole universe. So even if there are random events, even if there are free choices, the powers to do anything and the ultimate causation of everything in the universe is God. But an ultimate cause doesn't necessarily make everything be exactly what it is. If there's freedom and randomness and free will in the universe and everything I know from physics, everything I know theologically, everything I know about human existence tells me that, you know, complex persons have free choice that are not predetermined by God or anything else. Sometimes, not all the time. Mm -hmm. And that there are certain events that are truly random, not predetermined, not causally necessitated by the laws of nature or anything else. So in a world like that, which is sort of the standard world we probably think we have most of the time, uh, God knows everything without making everything be that in only and nothing else. And that's important for the idea of sin and evil, because... Theological determinism has a lot of problems. The biggest problem is if God determines everything and makes it be exactly what it is, then God specifically causes every evil event that ever happened. Right. And that seems pretty... You can get around that. I know philosophers that have worked hard to have whole systems of whatever, of how that works, or... One philosopher I knew um, just said, God doesn't have moral characteristics like we do, no moral oh. requirements to hmm. do good to the world. You know, anything God does good is totally free, and God has no requirement to do anything good. Hmm. And I'm like, well, let's think about that. But uh, I'm not saying there's no response, but it's a small minority of uh, Christian philosophers and theologians that would say everything is predetermined by God. So when I say now this happens to do with the doctrine of creation, too, you get something very similar. So God is the creator of everything, but not every little thing. Like God doesn't make the mosquito. You know, the mosquito comes about through natural processes if it wasn't exactly like that, it might have been a slightly different bug or whatever that plays that niche in the ecosystem. Then in some places, there are other bugs that do that. Like, you know, we think of bees as pollinators. There's other pollinators besides bees. So, uh, you know, God doesn't make every individual thing. Uh, now, God, now this is a traditional standard I say biblical, it's, there's not a lot in the Bible about where unclean spirits come from or who they are mm. or what they do. The, the tradition after has this whole huge Tons, you know, right. demonology that's really complicated right. and interesting, starting all the way with the brilliant North African uh, theologian, Origin of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I will say that the standard view with hints in the Bible, is God creates angels, 
angels are persons, but they are not humans. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there is a category of living person, not human, already in theology and in scripture. I just want to point this out because people think, oh, well, the Bible doesn't have anything to say about aliens. Well, maybe it does. Namely, they could be persons and created by God, but just not humans. Uh, they don't know anything about other planets being having animals on it. No, we don't know that. So, and that just as human beings have moral freedom to say no to God's goodness and laws, which means that evil, as Thomas Aquinas teaches very clearly, evil is initiated by the human will, <laughs> even though God is the ultimate cause of everything. He's very clear about that. God does not initiate, he's not the, the completing and final cause of evil choices. <laughs> Those are initiated by the human. Now, the powers and abilities we have come from God, but our abuse of those, moral abuse, that comes from us. Okay. Yeah, so and the angels would be the same. So yeah, demons uh, would just be angels who are created persons, and they're free moral agents, and some of them chose to play on the dark side, to be evil, to re rebel against God's way. And those we call demons or whatever. So that, that's really helpful. And it addresses two parts of this rather complicated question. It's a very long... Right? <laughs> I mean, because so, one of the questions is, uh, he created, God created everything and must have therefore created the devil and demons. And then another part of the question, if God is all-knowing, why did he let Eve and Adam sin? Right. And it right. seems to me, you, so you're addressing both of those uh, by talking to. about that idea of free will. They of, go together. Right. Well, I, think you're I would right. say yeah. free will is just the tip of the iceberg of a universe that has randomness yeah. and a different kind mm. of freedom, right. you know, chaotic, dynamic, physical systems yeah. built into everything all the way to the quantum level. Yeah. So that human freedom, which, you know, we always love to think about us and everything in terms of right. us, but yeah. human right. freedom is just one branch of the freedom of the material freedom and the randomness in the entire universe from the beginning. So God seems to value freedom, right? God seems to like build, a, build freedom, creator build freedom. freedom into human nature and into the nature of and creation so, itself. Yeah, it looks like it. So we think about things like, uh, you know, I don't know, hurricanes or the weather or or right. earthquakes right. or, you know, this right. is a kind of consequence of the way the world is created in a way that that freedom is is a is a high value, which is not to say that God kind of sets the world in motion and then forgets about it. Right. Right. That's not with the Virgin Mary and Jesus and the Holy Spirit or something. Like that. Right. right. No, yeah. 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 So say a little more about that. So it, uh, uh, I'll just. Why would God play cards? I don't know. I have no, no, I'll just. I don't actually think God plays cards. I can't say more about that. No, I mean this idea, <laughs> say a little more about this idea that God isn't uh, what the divine watchmaker who sets oh, the world right, in that, motion. Uh, and then, Deism. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, deism is a respectable view in American history and English Enlightenment and you know, French, too, by the way, Voltaire. 
but it's not a Christian view. It's not a view. So say view. a little more about deism. What what do you mean by that? What is it? Oh, okay, deism. Right. So deism is a modern Enlightenment rationalist perspective, which says what we can know scientifically about God is that God's the creator of all the laws of nature, a la, you know, like Newton's God, you know, and God, you know, Newton was and God's and everything became light or I'm trying to quoting it right, but uh, the the idea that um, God and that God is moral, hmm. so that God is the source of right and wrong, mm-hmm. and that's it. Hmm. So God doesn't get involved in the messy little twerpy things on our tiny little rock or anything. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's deism. It's a philosophy that arose in Western culture. There's a Christian version of it. But it's not biblical, historical, standard, mainstream Christian faith. So, I mean, people like George Washington were deists. You know, people like Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. were deists. Mm-hmm. Voltaire was a deist. Um, but And they were sort of nominally Christian, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was a very common view at one time out of the Enlightenment. But I just don't think it's a biblical view. I don't think it's a Christian view. So that there's a kind of... So that so God is neither. I'm I'm gonna channel our uh, our dearly departed colleague Terry Fretheim, who was oh. fond of saying God doesn't micromanage, right? Right. That God that's, that that's that right. God gives the world freedom to be what it's created to right. be, right? So God's right. not micromanaging every little thing, and doesn't cause everything, right? right? Because cause everything. The problem exactly there is the then is. Yeah. God causes terrible things then like the Holocaust, right? So, right, right, so right. God is not, the, if we talk about the two ditches, right? God is not that, the micromanager, but God is also not the deist God who sets the world in motion and, and does nothing. And does nothing, and does nothing right. right? So there's so, some... So Some God chooses there. God chooses when and where to intervene then, right? So like I mean I, I'm looking at the question yes. where, you know, God used it God's power to cleanse the earth in Noah's Ark. Of course, okay. I, I think I I think we would all agree that's probably not a literal story, but is, you know Well, I can talk about that too, but yeah. I would say everything except choice, I liked what you had to say there, okay. Katie. I don't okay. think God chooses when to intervene and not to intervene. Rather I think God, out of love, has given over to the world system certain powers and doesn't take them back. Hmm. And that's a epoch, ages, cosmic, space-time history long, like you might say, pre-creation decision. So, I mean, there's a choice there. But it's not like God today decides, okay, I'm going to do a miracle here, but not there, I'm tired, and... Certainly not for okay, pageant, but then why does jerk. then why does God do a miracle here and a miracle there? <laughs> if, if that has that's it. because in the Bible miracles are not to fix the world. They don't fix people's problems. Hmm. They point to the revelation of God and the fact that you can live a different kind of life. You could worship a different kind of God, and you could be a different kind of person. Hmm. So it's pointing to the ultimate truths that God is all about. But, you know, he, I'm sorry, but healing one leper does not fix leprosy on earth. That's okay. true. But it's a sign. So in the John's gospel, all the, the miracles of Jesus are signs. Mm. They're not therapy. They're mm. not there to make people happy. 
Though they what do make the some individuals pretty happy. They do. Yeah. But that's not why they're there. Right. 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 Okay. Right. I mean, the lottery is there and run by the state so they can scoop cash into the corporation and into their pockets. The right. fact that one person wins out of billions, well, but the lottery doesn't exist to make that person rich. Yes, I mean, come right, on. Right, 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 you got to think about it in a bigger picture than that. So, yeah, every once in a while. But but I don't want to compare God, the Holy Spirit, to the lottery. It's not Thank random yeah. here. It's not random. It's just the big purpose of something of miracles is not to fix any one person's problem, hmm. but to show and validate the supernatural revelation of God's truth through certain humans who are God's representative on earth, whether it's Moses or Jesus or the Apostle Paul or take who you want. And it's, you know, I'm not saying miracles don't even happen today, but again, I think that if we think that God is just choosing sort of arbitrarily, oh, I'll do one here, one for India and, you know, two for two for Egypt or something. No, I don't think that yeah. at all. That's a totally random, weird God. I don't even know. But miracles as a sign of the inbreaking of God's kingdom. Thank you. That's and exactly a, what I should and, a, and, a, <laughs> and a, a support for faith or a, a inspiration for faith, for faith yeah, or yeah, right. strengthening of faith. Yeah. yeah. Only or we, giving someone an opportunity to believe we wouldn't otherwise have it. Yeah. 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 And we and we actually did a whole episode. That was one of our uh, initial episodes. Actually, oh, this is interesting because our, our first two episodes have come up in here. The first was, uh, is it is it you know outrageous to believe in demons, and is it outrageous to believe in miracles? So we'll yeah. put those links back in the show notes. So you can go back and sort of revisit those because I think I think those will kind of tie in and go a little bit more you know to go deeper yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah, but okay. but it, it it sounds like. What we're kind of coming to, you know, in in, in it, it feels like the gist of this question is like, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? Right. Right. And it That's sounds like question. what we're coming to is this sense that um, God, for God's own reasons, builds into creation and into human life and into the entire cosmos an element that we might call freedom uh, where there is um, space <laughs> for people and creatures for randomness to occur and for people to make choices within that, you know, within that kind of um, the boundaries, I guess, that God has, has set that, that, that God uh, builds that in to the system. Yeah. And I would say that we do, maybe we know at least one thing that's been revealed about why God would make a world like that. You said, yeah, why would God make that kind of world? Because God loves the world. Yeah. Because God loves the world. God loves the world. And if you love another adult, you have to let them make their own way. Hmm. It's Hmm. true. I mean, they have to make their own choices and live their own lives. You can help them, you can support them, but you're not allowed to go into their brain and force them to do exactly what you want or to think exactly what you want. That's not allowed. That's immoral. Yeah. And so we think that God loves the world and treats the whole creation as an adult, not a baby, but an adult. Hmm. And that kind of adult-to-adult love, it's the only thing I can think of. And I think God actually said, you know, I 
the world is made by God and that God is love. And it kind of makes sense. It doesn't make total sense. It that doesn't answer everything. It, no, never it doesn't answer. Evil, yeah. There's no, it's a hint, I guess yeah. it's a hint or a, yeah. it's a thought. To and, and obviously we could say a lot more about this. I, I think, uh, for instance, of the the cross, of course, which we haven't talked about, where God oh, right. redeems suffering, where God, you know, brings life out of suffering, out of even death, uh, right? That uh, and God that, enters into the uh, human world and yes. allows humans to do evil to His own body, right, mm-hmm. right, right. So that so that a lot more could could be said about about that. But I think what we're trying to get at with this question is that Mm. the question seems to assume that God causes Mm. everything, (laughs) uh, including evil, including demons. And we're trying to say, no, God loves the world in such a way that God allows the world, including human beings, including perhaps angels and other beings to choose freely, including Mm -hmm. nature to choose freely. I, I do want to say just one more thing, though, that, and that is that we have the promise. It, it's not a random, completely random thing either, though, right? We we know what no. the end of the story is and that God will finally bring everything into right, into right relationship uh, and redeem not just human beings, but redeem all of creation. So there's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering that happens in the yes. meantime, Uh and also a lot of beautiful things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that freedom can uh, lead to really beautiful uh, uh, things as well and beautiful acts mm-hmm. of kindness and courage. Moral uh, beauty is an awesome thing. It is, happens. yeah. It is. Uh, so, we, you know, we're not saying, again, we're trying to avoid both ditches, right? One being that God is is micromanaging everything, which is where these questions seem to be leaning. But the other is that God, uh, you know, God is not involved at all. That God is... It's both and, right? God uh, does uh, involve God's self in the world and gives the world freedom. Uh, but yes. finally, in the end, God will redeem uh, human beings right. and all creation. Right. That's the idea. Yeah. But we just don't know what all the steps will be. Right. But we know where the final goal is headed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the only other thing we haven't talked about, though, is the flood. And so since yeah. you're a professor oh. of Old Testament, I yeah, thought tell you us, might Catherine, no. Tell us about uh, the flood. No. <laughs> No, I would say to answer that question seriously is maybe that's, first of all, it seems to me that Genesis is, as my friend uh, Walter Mulberry once says, the Old Testament of the Old Testament. It says the oldest part, the most oldest stories. And even from the point of view of, say, the kingdom of, of, uh, of David and Solomon, these are old stories. Right. And they have to be yeah. like re-edited and put together yeah. and made, put yeah. Yahweh back in and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, oops, I said Yahweh, sorry. And uh, I think that uh, I don't want to think of these as myth because myth means false. Mm-hmm. And when you go back to when myths, were, religious views were called myths, it's also colonialist and enlightenment. It's like okay. myths are what those other people that those aren't other people us have think myths, about religion. Right. Other people we have, have reality. We right. have the truth, the divine truth. Yeah. So, uh, but maybe these are sacred stories of our ancestors in the faith. Mm. They're the sacred mm. stories for all who share the the faith of Abraham, and and uh, there's truth there. There's yeah. truth there. Yeah. So for me, what I get out of the truth is not that gosh, God could like wipe out all the bad guys, and I'd probably be out there drowning, and my buddies <laughs> would be in the ark. 
but that um, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't. Pr- right. You can't improve the human race by taking out all the bad people and killing them, and just leaving the good people because then the good people screw up and do bad things too. Yeah. So I mean that, and that, so that the rainbow is really the idea mm. that. Okay, even if God did this, it doesn't fix sin. Yeah. And so God's never going to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's my truth takeaway from however you want to think about the story. I'm not the Bible expert. But. No, I, I, I would say that's very lovely. similar things, Ellen. I think before the flood happens, uh, it says the God sees that the human heart is is only evil continually, right? And then after the flood happens, God sees that the human heart is only evil. So you're right. It hasn't changed the human heart, right? Right. That flood doesn't change the human nature. But what it does change is God's dealing with that evil, right? God is not going to, again, wipe out humanity uh, or the world, or the creation. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, thank you, God. We know we deserve it as humans, but don't don't mess up with the trees and the plants. Right, <laughs> but instead, God will deal with it in a different way, and that's the rest of the biblical story, right? Mm-hmm. The, the right. choosing of Israel, the choosing of Abraham, and then eventually. Right. So it's God. so in that's a certain to that. a certain extent, it's answering this kind of meta question, right? That that. <laughs> in a, on, a, on a sort of meta level, right, where, where this question is like, well, 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 why doesn't God intervene? And the answer, right, this is like, if we're taking it again as a sacred story, not like God actually wiped out a bunch of people, but but it's saying, if God had done that, this is what would have happened, right? That 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 it wouldn't have worked anyway, right? So right. this is a sacred story right. saying that yeah. that God yeah. chooses God has a different way. I almost said chooses, but for you, Alan, God has a different way of doing yeah. it. And the way that God does it is by becoming human, right? Entering into the story, becoming, you know, a- and taking upon himself the sin and the death and the suffering in order to redeem it. God can't wipe it out like that. Because that's not going to work without destroying us. Without I mean, God destroying, could wipe it out, but that would right. destroy us. Yeah, People us and all of creation, all moral free agents yeah. in the universe, yeah. and that yeah. might, might leave a mark. That might hurt. That's a bad plan. <laughs> that's a bad plan. So, so God doesn't do that. <laughs> right. But the point of the so flood is God doesn't do that. The, notice yeah. the corollary of this, Katie, which is yeah. you think of the most evil, horrible, violent, murderous horrible group that ever existed and yeah. it's oppressing you and the people you love and you're praying to God to wipe these people out. Mm-hmm. God doesn't do that. Yeah. God doesn't do that. Yeah. And that hurts yep. too. Right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, all the Psalms have this all over the place. I mean, I don't yeah. know them as yeah. well as you do, but I mean, it's like, God, wake up, destroy these bad people. They're all around me. What are you doing? Have you abandoned my soul? What are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, we want God to come and just wipe out all the bad guys. And that mm-hmm. story says, no, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yes. And sometimes, okay. sometimes the-, the way the world is built, those violent evil, horrible people, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Too. Well, there's some come up and yeah. built into yeah, yeah. The, the, fact that, the fact that the Babylonians are no more and the Romans are no more and the Assyrians are no more, but the Jews still survive 
says hmm. something to me about God's faithfulness uh, hmm. and and hmm. keeping of uh, of God's people and keeping of God's promises. But God does it in his in, in his own way. He does it in right. his own way. He doesn't do right. it in the way that we want. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's another good. Yeah, you guys are good. You uh, should do this for a living. Oh wait, what? Maybe we should, maybe we should start a podcast. Let's start a podcast, well, you guys. Everyone does that. That's boring. Now let's do something really out there. Well, I'm afraid uh, uh, we probably need to end uh, this particular. I think that whole last session. one will be deleted. <laughs> no, this, will, uh, this will. This uh, will. Yeah, okay. this will be an extra long podcast. Bonus material. Bonus material. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, all that complicated question. It is. It's it was. Very complicated. It's, you know what? Sure. We a half hour. You know that's that's pretty dang good. We just solved like one of the biggest questions oh, yeah. of theology oh, in thirty on. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the problem of evil is not going to be addressed in thirty that's minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Thank you, so Alan. We really appreciate you. We I appreciate love being here with you, too. It's obvious. <laughs> it's so fun. We love having you. Thank you. Uh, so thanks for joining us. And thanks for listening. Thanks to our listeners for, for listening to this episode of the Enter the Bible <laughs> podcast. Get high-quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, et cetera, et cetera, at enterthebible.org. And be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you feel so inclined, please share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, friends.